In a world full of noise and confusion, it's hard to focus on what's really important. In a culture where religion has become a grab bag of ideas, the precision of language is necessary for the proclamation of truth. So let's get started. Are you listening? Well, here we are again with Are You Listening? And I'm glad that you continue to listen to this podcast, and I pray that it may prompt you to consider the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, the glorious, beautiful redemption that God has given us. I want you to recognize that everything that we do on these teachings, it's not a a thorough examination of doctrine. It's not some expressed answer to a deep theological question. It is just something to stir our hearts And I pray that it pushes you back to the Scripture, that it pushes you back to the remembrance of the gospel of grace, so that no matter what you're experiencing, whether it's a spiritual high place or a spiritual dark place, I pray that you would find the opportunity to reflect on the joy who is Jesus Christ our Savior. And today I want to speak about something that I could really do an entire week on and may do that. I want to talk about the conflict between people and how to resolve it. Well, of course, we're not going to have 30 minutes to deal with just the introduction to conflict. Let's say from the onset that conflict is something that is not going to go away. We're not ever going to have a season of life where there's never going to be conflict whatsoever. I mean, even internally within our own hearts and minds, we conflict with ourselves. So the opportunity for conflict is always there, it's always available, and it's pretty much always brewing. Even though we have a new nature in Christ, we do fight against the flesh. So what do we do with conflict? Well, let me tell you a couple of things that the world says. Some people would say, well, when people hurt my feelings or people treat me wrongly or people do something that that violates my trust, I just reject them. I have nothing more to do with them and I'm finished with that. Well, that's one way of dealing with it. Another way is to lash out, to become hateful and angry and try to bring some recompense or some vengeance of some kind, whether it be audible, like to hurt someone's feelings or put them in their place, or like so many friends of mine say, I just keep it real. Uh, That's one way that people deal with it. Another way is that people become a little passive-aggressive. They pretend like nothing's wrong, but then they drop snide comments. Or they go after the person who has offended them in front of other people. And they become murderers at heart. Maybe they gossip because it makes them feel good to tear someone down rather than to deal with the conflict directly. But there are many other ways that people handle it, even through social media, etc., You've seen it. You understand what I'm saying. But what does the Bible teach us? Well, the Bible teaches us, and we'll deal with this topic of forgiveness later in the week, but the Bible teaches us that as brothers and sisters in Christ, first and foremost, that we have an obligation to each other and that the conflict that arises in a relationship between Christians is an opportunity for the power of the gospel to be seen in a great way. That is, that where the world would answer conflict on one side, the church answers conflict in a completely different way, and it always resolves in reconciliation. 
even if the relationship becomes a little strained, it still grows deeper and intimacy becomes more obvious when we deal with conflict. I mean, let's think about it in our own life. Even when there's not conflict, we have good friends. We love them. We enjoy certain people's company. We like the conversation. And even if it's spiritual or superficial, we enjoy time together. But once there's something that happens in life that we go through together, whether it be personal or relational conflict, whether it be death or sickness or trauma or whatever, when some things happen that are out of our control and we walk together through suffering, we become closer. We become closer. And in that, we also become closer when we have conflict to resolve between friends, especially the church. Now, when it comes to the world and those who hate the gospel or those who don't claim to be in Christ, we should do our best to try to have peace with these people. And if they aren't willing to reconcile with us, well, there's not a whole lot we can do about it. However, for Christians, there is not just an obligation. There is a command. And out of necessity, I must say, it is an absolute thing that will take place when people who are in Christ pursue reconciliation God the Holy Spirit will bring reconciliation. But this leads us to one more thing that I want to close with today. One of the reasons that we don't like to deal with conflict is because we assume how the thing is going to be played out. We assume how the problem or the conversation may take place. I know I've done that my entire life. I have these little conversations in my head, and I've already made up my mind of how it's going to go, and by the Lord's grace, it never goes that way. So God has taught me to quit assuming and to expect the best in these matters and to be surprised when someone who claims to be my sibling in Christ doesn't respond in a way that they should. At the same time, I'm able to be long-suffering with them because the Lord has been long-suffering with me. More importantly, more than my feelings, the glory of God is important and is not really at stake, but is on the table in the sense that God is glorified in the intimacy and the love that His people has for each other, among many other ways. So should we not want to pursue that which gives God the most glory? Let us pursue that pursue reconciliation. Now, there are times in Scripture where we see that there is not an opportunity to reconcile those people who refuse repentance, those people who refuse forgiveness, those people who refuse the gospel. They will part ways from us, but our prayer then is to continually hope that God would grant them repentance, grant intimacy, and grant reconciliation so that we can have worship and affection for Christ together. Well, I hope these things have given you something to think about. Maybe there are relationships in your life that need reconciling. I pray that you would search the Scriptures, that you would ask the Lord to give you the words and the heart to reconcile with them. And if you have questions about this, I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear ways in which the Lord opened doors for you to have reconciliation so that we might praise Him together for His glorious grace. Thank you.